Happy Hump Day, everyone. It is Wednesday. This is Unbothered with your host, Josh Morani. Wasn't plan <clears throat> excuse me, wasn't planning on doing a podcast today. But when you wake up to the news of Tom Brady retiring, well, one is in order. So I'm going to talk about Tom Brady's retirement. I'm also going to talk about Sean Payton to the Denver Broncos. Big blockbuster trade yesterday. Then right after that, following D'Amico Ryan's hired by the Texans. And then I respond to the sarcastic comments made by Arian Foster that the NFL is rigged. So let's get started with the biggest, not just sports news, but I think biggest news of the day in that Tom Brady is retiring. The GOAT calls it quits. If you remember last year, same day, February 1st, story was leaked by Adam Schefter, Jeff Darlington, that he would be retiring. Of course, that lasted 40 days, and then he ultimately came back. But this one felt real. As Tom Brady explained, if you watched his retirement video, he decided to take a, a simpler approach. You know, he used up his retirement essay last year. Uh, and then today posted his retirement video uh, and then subsequently a ton of other photos on his Instagram stories. I think that's just what he's been doing all day, posting uh, photos to his Instagram stories. But this is a way I believe Tom Brady wanted to go out. He wanted to go out on his own terms. He didn't want to go out, you know, reported by anyone else where last year it was reported by Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington and kind of, you know, all the sources, you know, sources tell us. So I think that was sort of a big deal for Tom Brady uh, was going out on his own terms because the sources were himself. Uh, he was the one in control uh, of his own narrative. I think that's what he wanted. I think he's happy about that, you know, watching other people talk about, you know, Tom Brady is retiring, sources, Tom Brady. So I do think Tom Brady, you know, this is final. Last year, you know, I felt there was some pull and push. Didn't think that was it for him, but this feels like he's done done. That he, there's no more coming back from this. Uh, he's not going to be the guy that retires, unretires three times and has this, you know, the beautiful mystery Aaron Rodgers comments. He just wants to go out and, you know, happy retirement to him. He is the GOAT, and I don't think anyone else uh, will come close to Tom Brady. There's never going to be another Tom Brady ever in the NFL. There might be Tom Brady-esque players. I was saying Joe Burrow, that Tom Brady-esque took a hit on Sunday when he had a couple drives to win the game against the Chiefs, and he didn't do it. Those are drives Tom Brady would have won. Tom Brady, graded by PFF, is the highest-graded quarterback in history. He is. 98.4 bets on a scale of 0 to 100. He was undoubtedly the best. Uh, he is the greatest 
athlete of all time. He is the GOAT. He has the seven Super Bowl champions. He's got three MVPs, five uh, Super Bowl MVPs, again, the most to go along with the Super Bowl, most passing touchdowns in NFL history, regular season playoffs, most passing yards, again, regular season playoffs, most wins in NFL history, regular season and playoffs. It truly is sensational, especially when you compare it to other greatest of all times. If you look to the NBA as you know, the greatest Michael Jordan, well, guess what? Michael Jordan didn't, doesn't have the most rings. He doesn't have the most points. You know, doesn't have the most anything except he was six and all the finals. Again, LeBron, he's in the past three. He'll have the most points. won't have the most rings. Kareem has MVPs and rings. Doesn't have the most chips. So, you know, it's hard to have a definitive argument in the NBA. In the NHL, Wayne Gretzky, he's got the most points, most goals. But Alex Ovechkin is coming for the goal record. Does it take the hit there? He still doesn't even have the most Stanley Cups, uh, especially for a contemporary. Other players like Mark Messier had more Cups than him. So, again, tremendous player. But he's not the definitive go, even though he's called the great one. There are still arguments for other players that can be made. In baseball, Babe Ruth, a lot considered a goat. He doesn't have the most uh, MVPs. He doesn't have the most uh, World Series. A lot of it, you know, the guys that were great, but Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, steroid is mired there. Greatness, so... It's hard to say that, you know, you can make an argument for everybody in every other sport except for NFL. You just can't because when a guy has the most everything in his position, there's no one comparable to uh, Tom Brady. When you have seven Super Bowls, five Super Bowl MVPs, and that closest is Joe Montana who has four Super Bowls. Tom Brady has double that. He is... The GOAT, and he's, to me, he's the only other quarterback who'd have uh, a Hall of Fame career in three different decades. He played 23 years. If you break up his career in, like, seven-year uh, increments, if you look at his 20s, he threw for 21,000 yards, 147 passing touchdowns, three Super Bowl wins, a couple Super Bowl MVPs in there. You know, look at Tom Brady in his 30s, 40,000 passing yards, 309 passing touchdowns, two Super Bowl wins, Super Bowl MVP in there, another MVP. Tom Brady in his 40s, 27,000 passing yards, 193 passing touchdowns, two Super Bowl wins. This man was great at every stage of his career. That's it. Uh... He was great. He's a legend. He's the GOAT. Uh, you know, when we have all these graphics, you know, up there uh, for football games in NFL when we talk about wins and everything, usually Tom Brady uh, always has a, you know, graphic compared to him because that's who you're chasing. You're chasing Tom Brady. So all these, these next guys in line, the Patrick Mahomes, the Joe Burrow, the, you know, whether it be Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, they're all chasing Tom Brady. And I don't know if anyone 
is ever going to catch Tom Brady. Now, with the way there's an extra game now, you know, there might be guys like Patrick Mahomes who I think could pass him in passing touchdowns in passing yards. But I don't think he'll pass Tom Brady in Super Bowls, in Super Bowl MVPs. So that is big. I don't think he'll pass him in playoff wins either, playoff touchdowns, playoff passing yards. So those key stats where the NFL is all about winning, I don't think there will be another player in NFL history that holds all these accomplishments like Tom Brady has. Now, it's sad. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, love Tom Brady, favorite player in the NFL. So the NFL is definitely going to be different without him. The you know week to week is going to be different without him. The team outlooks. I looked at something today. The Bucks with Tom Brady had pretty decent odds to go win the Super Bowl next year. Those odds plummeted to like plus four thousand low odds. And when you look at historically, uh, you know the past few years, you know when Tom Brady left the Patriots, hit the odds for the Patriots dropped dramatically with the Bucks. They increased every year, and then now they've dropped back down again. Because that's what's having the greatest player of all time will do for you. And that's what Tom Brady was. He had such a great impact on the game, positive impact on this uh, game of football. Uh, Yes, he had a couple, you know, issues with the deflate gate and things like that. But if you were to look at the totality of Tom Brady's career, it's nothing but greatness. He's always going to be remembered. I think he's going to forever be the GOAT. And again, it's sad. The league is going to be very different. It is an end of an era with these older quarterbacks. You really only have Aaron Rodgers left in there. Uh, from the Tom Brady, Manning, Breeze, contemporary a type group there. So it is going to be different. The league is going to be different week to week. It's not, you know, watch out Tom Brady and his team. They're just, you know, they're going to get to the championship game. This is a team you can never count out. Uh, even when it's wrong, the consistent 12, 13 win seasons, the, you know, eight straight conference championship games, uh, you know, 14 or 15 total conference championship games, the 10 Super Bowl appearances, uh, is a starter. Tom Brady was in basically half the Super Bowls, 10 out of 21. It's astonishing. And again, nobody counted out Tom Brady. It was an expectance for him to be here. That's what made him great. That's what made him the GOAT. He is the GOAT. I'm going to miss Tom Brady. I think the NFL is going to miss Tom Brady. But the league, the NFL... It's in great hands, uh, but the GOAT will be missed. But congratulations to Tom Brady. Wish him a happy retirement. Next up, Sean Payton to the Broncos. Uh, This came, this to me is a bit of a surprise yesterday. Wasn't expecting that. Kind of looked like the Sean Payton sweepstakes were sort of dying off. 
And there he goes to the Broncos. The Saints traded, or the Broncos traded, a first-round pick and next year's second-round pick for Sean Payton and next year's Saints' third-round pick. So basically the first-round pick is the biggest key takeaway there. I think it's a you know decent compensation for the Saints considering all other co- coaches that got traded got the first round pick. So you know getting that first round pick back for the Saints who they traded their first round pick to the Eagles, it's good for a team like the Saints who aren't that good to get more draft capital. So benefit to them, I think it's a good deal for the Saints. And if you're the Broncos now, you've gone all in. You've traded three first round picks. I think you've traded. A total of like six picks and three players for the grand total of Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Uh, it's been reported that Sean Payton is getting around 17 to 20 million dollars a year. Highest paid coach now. Russell Wilson is one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. This experiment has to work for the Denver Broncos for this thing to pay off. Only way to pay this off is with a Super Bowl win. And I think it's possible. You look at the defense, that is a top 10 unit. They got stars up and down that roster. I think it's very talented. The key was the offense this year. The offense was not good. John Payton, being an offensive-minded coach, being an offensive guru, I think he's going to stick his hand in this thing and he's going to fix it. He's going to fix Russell Wilson one way or, or another. Or he's in a scheme this offense to play to its strengths. Javante Williams, who was a top 10 running back, tore his uh, ACL or Achilles. He was out uh, most of the year. He's going to come back. That helps the running game. They got a good left tackle. Definitely could draft some more offensive line pieces. They got decent weapons with Tim Patrick will be coming back from his ACL. You got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. And then the key is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Wilson. Looked washed last year, looked bad, but that's what you have Sean Payton for. Uh, you know, a lot of people have compared Russell Wilson to Drew Brees in terms of, you know, athletic ability, the arm power, uh, you know, the shorter mold for a quarterback, sort of breaking that trend. So I think Sean Payton is going to work very well for the Denver Broncos. I think Sean Payton is absolutely the right man for the job. Uh, you know, and it just makes the AFC West that much better. When we looked at the AFC West being sort of the best division in football last offseason, sort of a disappointment. But now that you bring Sean Payton in there, it's saying, you know, the Broncos are going to be respected. They're going to be good. And I think for Sean Payton, and I outlined this either last week or the week before on Sean Payton, uh, is that he's a good coach. I don't think he's a He's a great coach, uh, you know, considering he's missed the playoffs quite a few times. Yes, he's won one Super Bowl, had a couple deep playoff runs, but, you know, is a successful coach, but not to the standard I think some other people put Sean Payton on. But to me, this is the key. You have to win the Super Bowl early. When you look at past trades with John Gruden, came in there with the Bucks from the Raiders, won the Super Bowl the first year. I think Sean Payton, for this to work, has to win a Super Bowl within the first three years. Now, you look at the team, and I don't know how they bounce back from last year and instantly be a Super Bowl contender. I don't think that's possible. But I think Sean Payton can lay the groundwork this year 
where to the second year, they're like, hey, with the team, maybe a couple things go their way. We'll talk about a Super Bowl run. I think a Super Bowl has to be within the first one to three years because then Russell Wilson gets too much older. Uh, the value on him is gone. You traded all that draft capital for him. You didn't win a ring. And now Sean Payton has to either have a free agent or a rookie, some new guy come in, uh, and you start that process over again. So, again, this first, I think, one to three years of a Sean Payton return is going to be huge for them. They're going to have to win rings in the first one to three year period. So I think that's it. I think the, you know, Walton Penner group that owns the Broncos who've shelved out draft capital in money. It's not, you know, they're not one of those owners who lay back and say, I don't really care. This is a nice investment. I'm making money. It's they want to win championships. They are active in that. I do think that's a good thing. Uh, but I also think that it comes with a lot of pressure as well. Uh, so Sean Payton and the Broncos. I think it's a good hire. Hopefully it works out for all parties involved. Hopefully it makes the Broncos a little better and AFC a little deeper. We'll see next year. Next thing I want to touch on. D'Amico Ryans to the Texans. I think that's a tremendous hire. D'Amico Ryans played uh, six years with the Texans, made a couple Pro Bowls, uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, great player for the Houston Texans. Wasn't the greatest player in franchise history, but he was a very well-liked and well-respected player from his time there. And then you look at the job that he's done in the past five years uh, is, you know, what position coach to defensive coordinator for the Niners. Uh, just terrific in what he was able to do, especially this year with the Niners, uh, you know, considering where Robert Sala was at, you know, two, three years ago with him. Miko Ryan's coming in, you know, last year for a good unit, and, you know, kind of this year, especially taking them to a whole nother level. Uh, defense was just fantastic. So, I think this is a great hire, especially considering it's a six-year deal. I think the Texans are committed to, hey, we're not in a quick fix. We have to draft a quarterback. We're in it for a long haul. I think it's good that D'Amico will get his quarterback, will get his guy. Uh, they can kind of train him up. He's got time, obviously, I think, with the rookie quarterback. He's going to have, I think, a minimum. You have to give him a minimum of three years uh, to coach this team. And I think he's going to turn it around. I don't think it's a fast turnaround. Uh, you know, but if he can follow a Dan Campbell or a Robert Sala type trajectory and, you know, improve the team first year, show some fighting spirit, second year sort of take off, and maybe third year come, we'll see where Sala Campbell are at. But if, you know, the Miko Ryans can be on that trajectory, especially – into me a, a weaker division in the AFC South. I think D'Amico Ryans can build a really good and competitive football team for the future. So I think that's key. I think he can do it. Uh, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for the Texans. Uh, I think it, that is just a, you know, knocked out of the ballpark type hire that uh, the Texans did. So So good for him. Now, a couple more 
humorous notes. Uh, Nick Bosa, you know, tweeted uh, talking about, you know, the Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts matchup. Uh, Nick Bosa said that'll be a great matchup that I won't be watching, and I get it. You know, players that tend to lose in the championship games, uh, like Nick Bosa, you just don't tend to watch uh, the Super Bowl. You know, you just don't want uh, any part of it. You're upset, you're bitter uh, that you lost those games. So I get it, Nick Bosa, I do. But there was another humorous thing that happened. Arian Foster, former running back for the Texans, uh, said sarcastically on a podcast yesterday that the NFL was rigged. And now a lot of people have believed that, uh, taken to Twitter, sharing their beliefs on that and, you know, how the NFL is rigged, it's scripted, it's whoever, the league office, Roger Goodell wants to get there and Angel kind of an association with, you know, some of the missed calls against Cincinnati. Uh, you know, a lot of people supporting this NFL is a rigged sort of theory. I don't believe the NFL is rigged. I believe that uh, referees are humans and they make errors. Sometimes they make blatant errors that obviously cause teams games. And you don't like being on the side of that. But I don't believe the NFL is rigged or that it's scripted to where they pick two teams beginning of the year and they're going to try to align everything they can for those two teams to meet at the end of the year. So there has been a, a few funny responses on, you know, Arian Foster saying the NFL was rigged. I think the most humorous one, one that actually got me to laugh out loud, was when Marlon Humphrey tweeted, you know, responding to the NFL was rigged by saying that he let Jamar Chase get 200 yards on him because he was just following the script. I thought that was hilarious considering, especially last year, Jamar Chase absolutely torched Marlon Humphrey and the Ravens team. It's, you know, now you have the ultimate excuse uh, if you have a, if you had a, if you have a bad game. It's, you know, the NFL, I've got to follow the script. It's all about that. So I do think, you know, people making, especially players, light heart out of a sarcastic comment that Arian Foster made is truly funny. Not going down the rabbit hole that so many fans are that the NFL is rigged. Uh, when my team loses, if you know, you know, when the Lions lost to the, or my bad, when the Lions beat the Packers, but the Seattle lost to uh, the Rams, or the Seattle beat the Rams, and the Lions didn't make it to the playoffs, and I didn't say the NFL was rigged, or the time should have been the same. None of that, you know, it was obvious that. Some of the calls in the Rams-Seahawks game benefited the Seahawks. Uh, the league came out and apologized, you know, acknowledging that there were three calls that went the Seahawks' way. They could have turned the tide of a game. It could have not, but um, not that NFL is rigged. To me, that's just a, a sore loser mentality. It's, you know, a nice excuse to make the insecure one feel secure that, oh, I can just say the NFL is rigged after every time the team loses. It's no. It's grow up. It happens. 
I've come to terms as a sports fan, rooting for a team, you know, rooting for a player like Tom Brady, it's easy to root for, you know, a player like Tom Brady or other players like Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes. It's much harder to root for an entire team, uh, you know, especially considering not every fan base is that large, like the Cowboys or Eagles. Lions have a small fan base, so uh, small but powerful. So, you know, when your team loses, and a lot of teams, you know, as Tom Brady has said before, only one team at the end of the year feels good about where they're at. You know, we have the 31 teams. Don't. So then as a fan, you're kind of enlarged in that group of the 31 teams uh, who don't feel that way. And that's just life, you know, the life of a sports fan. It's spend most of your time with loss and anguish. Very rarely do you have, you know, years and years of triumph and feel great. You have the the Patriots 20-year dynasty, but that's about it. You have the the Bulls dynasty as well from 90 to 96, which was like, Seven-year dynasty, of course, the Patriots was 20. You know, if you're a Warriors fan, you've enjoyed the past eight years. Uh, Lakers, Celtics, 80s. So you have a few fan bases that truly feel good every year, but you've got a lot of them that feel crummy as well. And, again, that's the the sports job's life. The sports fan's life is a lot of sorrow. A lot of I wish this would have happened if this happened type statements. But I, I don't go as far as saying the NFL was rigged. Uh, I wish people would acknowledge the comments were sarcastic. He was joking. But, again, next time I think something doesn't go my way, I'll just say players were just following the script. They followed it perfectly. So I think Tom Brady's retiring was spontaneous. I don't think he filmed that a few months ago, uh, waiting for the right time to post it. Don't think that was part of the the NFL was rigged. Don't think it was scripted for Tom Brady to retire. I think, again, he retired on his own today and wish him the best and happy retirement. This has been Unbothered. Talk to you all later. Bye, everybody.